Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, hero to small businesses everywhere. I think that's true. There's no question about that. I've always said that about you. Thank you. Uh, that's always been your reputation. That one time we got reviewed in The Guardian, <laughs> they described it as moderately funny. But thank God for Jordan Morris, without whom big box retailers would have destroyed Main Street in America's small towns. Love Main Street. Love mom and pop. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) Those two. You know what I love about mom and pop? Hmm. They're getting older, but they still fuck. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And you can tell, like you can feel the crackle between mom and pop, like when you're at the general store. Oh, yeah. When you're, yeah, when I'm filling up a bag of oats from a barrel, I know that as soon as I'm out of there, Pop is going to start fingering mom. (laughs) Like, give me 12 maple candies and then I'll leave you to your bone down. Yeah. I love love some hot mom on Pop action. (laughs) When I'm going to stream pornography, I, (laughs) I say... M for P, mom for pop. <laughs> so, of course, you've long been a champion of, yes. of small business. Small businesses. We haven't talked about it that much on the show. I imagine that there's new small business patronage that you're engaged in or, or you wouldn't have brought it up. Yeah. So I have been really interested in, you know, a lot of businesses popping up in the area, but there's there's one that really caught my eye. And I think they have a lot of potential, but I think they are, well, I mean, I'll just, you know, be frank with it. I think they're blowing it in a lot of uh, regards. We're talking here about Jamba Juice. No, I would never. No, I would never. (laughs) I would never berate my local mom and pop Jamba Juice. (laughs) They're called Jamba now, Jordan. I think they are just called Jamba now. Yeah, just shortened it down to Jamba. Yeah. I call it JJ. That's fun. So yeah, so yeah, the small business that I ha- I've had my eye on is a uh, a place called The Veil, the V E I L. And this Instagram was sent to me by a friend with the kind of hey get a load of this tone, but also maybe we should check this out. So this local business is an Instagram? Uh no, it has an Instagram that they're using to promote themselves. Although I, you know, I haven't been, so it could just be the Instagram. I assume it's could a be one of those ghost kitchens or whatever. Yeah, right. It's like Steve Harvey has a restaurant. Nah, there's Buca de Beppo makes a chicken sandwich and puts his name on it. Yeah, Family Food. That's Steve Harvey's ghost kitchen. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's really funny. I didn't even know Steve Harvey was dead. Yeah, it's true. You have to be dead to have a ghost kitchen. <laughs> They never got any better than Princess Die. That's my yeah. feel. That hers was the best. So always the people's princess. The people's princess. Now the people's uh, ghost. Yes. <laughs> Long may she wave. She's a ghost flag. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so this is okay. So the veil touts itself oh, wait, as Jordan. Yeah. The people's princess. Now the people's pol- poltergeist. God there damn you it. Go. The people's princess, now the people's poltergeist. Go ahead, Jordan. She picked a pack of pickled peppers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This gabapentin I'm on really takes down my mental acuity. Go ahead, Jordan. Does it make tongue twisters harder? <laughs> yeah, it does. Man, I have been sitting in solemn silence on this still stark dock 
I don't even. Okay, go ahead. That's great. So the Vale is a goth bar in downtown LA, and they have a very intense, very specific aesthetic. This is not goth, like by way of Edward Gorey. Like this is what if the Matrix soundtrack was a place? Okay, I'm typing it into Instagram here. Is it at the Vale in DTLA? Yeah, I put the uh, link in the chat there for you too, if you want to take a peek. So this looks a little bit like somewhere Blade would hang out. Yes, exactly. This is somewhere Blade would go to fuck up some vampires and then get showered with blood from the sprinkler system. Yeah, these are, I mean, people who go there, you know, are probably interested in digging through the ditches and burning through the witches, <laughs> slamming in the back of a Dragula. <laughs> Kurt, our guest, our guest is showing pictures from the Instagram. <laughs> Okay, so yes. Okay, he's anticipated what I want to start talking about. But yes, let's introduce him. Let's bring our guest. Since he's brought himself into the program, let's bring him onto the program. Our guest is one of our favorite stand-up comics actors and podcasters. He has a brand new comedy special called Perfectly Stupid, available on VOD right now and imminently available on the YouTube platform as of December 16th. That special is called Perfectly Stupid. That man, Kurt Brownoller. Hi, Kurt. Hello. How are you, sir? I was on mute, but I was laughing a lot during your... And so when you started talking about it, I had to immediately go to the Instagram page. Yeah. And I'm very excited for you to talk about yes. this. Yes. So, okay. Two <laughs> things came to mind when I started looking at the Instagram for The Veil. Uh-huh. First thing, can a goth bar have a happy hour? <laughs> can you... Do you have to call it a sad hour and do you have to charge more for the drinks? Yeah. <laughs> Question one. Just play that, that Wednesday show on the big screen for happy <laughs> right. hour. It's their World Cup. <laughs> Rob Zombie's Monsters movie. Yeah, people get there. People get there at eleven AM, start drinking, watching Wednesday. But yeah, but the other thing that caught my eye is that you know, they advertise beer, wine, music. There's a DJ night called Club Death Church, I believe. Mm. But the what the thing that I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around is they also offer food. Now, <laughs> if you are this goth, anything you eat is going to look fucking ridiculous. Like, yeah. there's things you can drink as a goth. You can drink a glass of red wine. You can drink something out of like a coupe glass and look fucking cool. But I would even say a large glass of milk. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to match the complexion. If you're a growing goth, <laughs> you don't want to have uh, weak bones. We always keep it milky. So, yeah. So I'm just kind of racking my brain thinking about like, what does this place serve for food? Like, what can you eat, you know, while you're wearing a gas mask with predator braids <laughs> attached to it? You know, I'm looking at a section here called Veil Tenders. Mm-hmm. which is bartenders at the Vale. Uh-huh. And as you would imagine, it's a hot goth babe that they show yep. when you click on it, mm-hmm. which God bless her. God bless her and all hot goth babes. You're appreciated by all communities of people who are romantically interested in women. Her name, <laughs> she's tagged here in the Instagram. Uh, it is at Turbo Sex Machine. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That is. But 
I hope there's some irony in Turbo Sex Machine's name that she neither likes fast things nor sex. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I'm actually a a slow asexual. (laughs) Club Death Church plays goth, death rock, EBM, which is electronic bowel movements. (laughs) Industrial synth pop and other dark music genres. Yeah. And what I like about it is it's all vinyl. So you know it's the real shit. You know, when you hear yeah, the snaps, you can crackles, hear and the pops. <laughs> in on that EBM. Yeah. EBM. <laughs> but Kurt, I think you saw one of the posts that yeah. that I, I thought was really delightful. Apparently the veil was open Thanksgiving Day and had a full Thanksgiving dinner that you could have. <laughs> yep. It says have Thanksgiving dinner at the veil. Dinner, wine, forty dollars. And then it says what they have for offer. And the very first listing is boneless turkey. (laughs) As if at any Thanksgiving meal, you get a bunch of bones with your turkey. Just a stack of bones. Yeah. (laughs) No one's eating the turkey drumstick at Thanksgiving. You can get green beans, casserole stuffing, sweet potato casserole, mashed potatoes, turkey gravy, Hawaiian rolls. And pumpkin pie, all for $40 and wine. That's kind of surprising. Yeah. That's kind of a deal. Yeah, I would love to just go there on a Tuesday in March and get that. <laughs> What's interesting to me about this meal, and you guys know, I always appreciate giving credit where credit is due. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I always want to tip the cap to the creator. Yes. You know? They have credited the brand of every food they're serving here. So it's boar's head boneless turkey, King's Hawaiian rolls, and Home Chef, which apparently is a food delivery service, everything else. So they like went ahead and got the boar's head turkeys, the boneless turkeys. Boneless turkeys, yeah, from the maybe the meat counter at the Kroger. First of all, dramatically more goth would be if they got boar's head boar heads. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dramatically darker. Yeah. But they credit every brand straight through. And as much as I like the idea of going to the goth bar on Thanksgiving to give thanks to darkness, etc., mm-hmm. I'm not sure I want to do it to get like lean cuisine. <laughs> <laughs> sure. My question is, is is it Is it kind of like a sex club vibe where there's like a table with just like a lot of uh, hot plates just keeping (laughs) just like big buckets of food warm? During your refractory period, go get some sweet potatoes. (laughs) Limber up. So, yeah. So I obviously found this very charming, you know, glad that like goths who can't make it home for the holidays have somewhere to go have a sense of community it's really nice but yeah the lack of you know theming in this i thought was just a huge missed opportunity so if you guys you know just would indulge me i want to help the veil out and just kind of present an all-new menu for them if i if i could oh yes yeah that would be great maybe we could serve this menu on thursday when they're having witch house from nine to two yeah i think this would be great with although that's not really like dinner time. Well, I guess maybe like you can have a late dinner. I guess I was thinking 9 a.m. Sorry. There's already a menu for Witch House. It says Hansel and Gretel. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Jordan. Is the Hansel vegan? <laughs> Is there a vegan Hansel? Hey, okay. Next time you're at the Vale, why not grab a Tim Bergton? This quarter pound cheeseburger celebrates the director of Edward Scissorhands, whose movie's merchandise kept Hot Topic in business from 1999 to 2005. Now it's mostly anime stuff, I guess. Anyway, the burger comes with melted white American cheese to reflect Tim's casting preferences. One bite and you'll agree. I wish so many of his classic movies didn't have Johnny Depp in them because it makes them a little harder to watch. <laughs> Batsarella sticks. It's like a mozzarella stick, but with little bits of bat meat inside. Goths like bats, right? But do they like eating little bits of them? That's what we're banking on. <laughs> It'd be great. Get some exotic diseases. You're not my eel dad. This unagi sushi roll won't strut around like it owns the place like a certain mom's new husband. It's cooked in a rich umami sauce, rolled in seasoned rice, and knows how to stay out of your room when you have the door closed. And finally, Smiths and Chips. Straight from the gloomy streets of Manchester comes this gothy spin on a classic English dish. It may not be louder than bombs, but it sure is tastier. We're betting you'll have a girlfriend in a food coma. One bite and you'll agree. Boy, it's a shame Morrissey turned out to be such a piece of shit, huh? <laughs> anyway, that's just a little. Just after just one bite, that quick. Yeah, after one bite. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's full so turnaround cool. on Morrissey after. <laughs> I just. Mm, this tastes like a rule that you're not allowed to make eye contact with him. <laughs> and then he'll. Did you hear that he left the stage because he was cold? Yes. He was cold in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 59 degrees or something or like 64 degrees and he left after 30 minutes at the greek because he was cold tropical manchester <laughs> is a different story yeah <laughs> I, okay i'm still yeah. hung up on just browsing around this instagram it's really fascinating it's a fun it it's really a fun beautiful. browse so one of the items here is a cheers meme yeah there's a lot of which interesting meme usage going on. I didn't know that there were Cheers memes. So first of all, I just want to salute everyone out there making Cheers memes. I look forward to your taxi <laughs> memes. Something about Latka. I don't know. So in this Cheers meme, it has the Cheers sign, but the veil is, is on top of the Cheers sign. And then there's two ladies yelling. They're probably famous ladies, but I, I don't recognize them. One of them looks... It's, they're, meme, they're meme famous. Okay, got it. And they're saying, I'm going where everybody knows my name, but they're really pointing and yelling. And then there's a cat sitting at a dinner table eating human dinner. Mm -hmm. And it says, the cat is saying, the men's room? So he's basically saying these, these women, everybody has fucked them. Which I don't know how he knows. He might have been in the room. Yeah, this cat has some like hangups. This cat, uh, I don't, I don't approve of this cat slut shaming. Then it says, <laughs> then it says beer, wine, soju, cocktails tonight, eight to two. <laughs> they don't have a liquor he license. Said, they don't have a liquor license. <laughs> That's the best part of this meal. Soju's as good as <laughs> tequila. As you can't even get hard liquor at the Vale. <laughs> you gotta have soju cocktails. <laughs> Gert, did you have a goth phase in high school? What, or if not, what was your high school phase? Oh, man. My high school phase was far stranger, I feel like. It was going into late high school, early college. It was only lesbian punk rock bands from the Pacific Northwest uh -huh. that I would I mean, listen to. 
This is 1994 through 98. But that was like, that was my very strange, very hyper specific. So a lot of Bratmobile? Bratmobile. But I mean, I think Bratmobile, everybody was straight in Bratmobile. It was like Team Dresh, the third sex. You had a real awakening the first time you heard La Tigre, right? <laughs> yes. La Tigre was like late in the game, though. La Tigre was like, I think, 2000 something. Yeah, that's right? our, that's like, that's like peak college for me and Jesse. La Tigre was like, right, in everyone's dorm room. I was a working man by the time La Tigre came <laughs> Down out. On the I'd docks. already moved on. <laughs> Listening to all manner of Kathleen Hanna's side project. <laughs> I was 24 by the time that side project came out. <laughs> but yeah, no, I would say I had a weird ween phase. Mm. I had a big bikini kill phase. I was just also realizing during the pandemic made me realize that I, I very quickly went through, as you do in high school, but I think at like 15, I had a huge Grateful Dead period, which I think was in very intense, but must have lasted only six months because I remember other phases of music that I was into at 15, starting with Nirvana. And I dropped anything made before 1991, like at the door. Yeah. And so my Grateful Dead phase must have been only six months long, which in my mind, it was like years because then I started listening to the Grateful Dead during quarantine again. And I was like, oh, yeah, I do like the Grateful Dead. Like, I'm now old enough to be not be like, fuck the dead, man. Yeah. I'm a punk rocker. It's like, no, I'm a 46-year-old man. I'll, I will listen to all music at this point. I have a question for you guys. And I yeah. don't know, Kurt, where are you from originally? Jersey. So I'm from San Francisco, which is where the Grateful Dead are from. But I don't think I knew anyone who was into the Grateful Dead except for boomers. Yes. Like, I, they were definitely very popular among 50-year-olds when I was a teen mm -hmm. or 55-year-olds. But I didn't know any young people that were into the Grateful Dead. And I feel like the Grateful Dead have had a big resurgence the last five, ten years, I think. Oh, really? I mean, what would the the success of Jerry Garcia's Ghost Kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I guess I don't know, like, who likes the Grateful Dead? Like, I know that old hippies like them. Yeah. And some old hippies who turned out to be, like, Michael J. Fox in an 80s movie like uh, driving a BMW and tipping their sunglasses and being like an original yuppie. <laughs> but like, besides that, who are the people from the under 70 generation who are into the Grateful Dead? So speaking very similarly, because I'm from Jersey, I was, I'm from Neptune and I grew, I lived in Asbury park for a little while. Similarly, me growing up, not a single person that I knew as a like a teenager listened to Bruce Springsteen. It was all people over 50. And now I love Bruce Springsteen. But in Jersey at that time, the dead were preppy adjacent. That's what it would be. It was just rich kids who liked smoking weed and would wear a tie-dye shirt. And that was who were into the Grateful Dead. That is a, such a... Well, first of all, preppy is... I don't think preppy existed. In San Francisco. I just wasn't familiar with it as an idea. Yeah, of course. But like I was familiar with it as like a thing from a movie. <laughs> right. As a thing from the 80s. But like this is like uh, uh, 
Is this like an Abercrombie and Fitch preppy or is this like a preppy preppy? This is a, yeah, a, like probably a- Abercrombie and Finch, a polo, like white collar, a striped shirt, and they love smoking weed. They probably play sports, maybe lacrosse. Yeah. Right. And then they're very into the Grateful Dead. Yeah. I think it, when we, you know, in the 90s, there was a line, you know, it's like, okay, for punk kids, you hear Green Day on the radio. Then somebody's cool older brother gives you like black flag and bikini kill and stuff like that. Right. I think there was a thing. This is pure theory. I think there was a thing where if you liked Dave Matthews band on the radio, someone's cool older brother gave you the Grateful Dead. I think if you like folksy Uh jams, then you... It's like, dig a little deeper, bro. Yeah, exactly. Here's something called The Grateful Dead. Yeah. <laughs> a little more underground for this you. This <laughs> is what Dave listens to on the bus. Yeah. Does Dave Matthews, if you go to a Dave Matthews concert, and I'm not presuming that either of you. I, I did recently. Did I talk about it on the show? Uh, was that the one that was at the... No, that was the one that got canceled. Uh, no, so I went to the Hollywood Bowl. This was a friend has an extra ticket situation. And as you know, mm-hmm. my philosophy is if someone offers you the extra ticket, you just take it and go. I like that philosophy. And I went to see the Dave Matthews Band at the Hollywood Bowl. This is this year. That's great. So yeah. when you go see Dave Matthews and his famous drummer, Carter Beaufort, whose name I, I still remember because our friend Jim was a big fan and had his mm-hmm. drumming video. Do they do a lot of jams or did they just play their many legit hits and fill up their entire set with that? Lots of jams. Since this was at the Hollywood Bowl, there was a jam with a string section, (laughs) which was pretty fucking cool. How do you jam with a string section? Uh, I think you jam and they go. They did not play our generation's most prominent makeout song, Crash Into Me. Didn't play it. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? Oh, are they are they poo-pooing on their hits? I don't know. That's like the concert I've been mad about on this show many times and in my life for two decades now when I went to see Del the Funky Homo Sapien. And he just did shitty skateboard tricks for 20 minutes and then didn't do Mr. Dabalina. <laughs> he really did. Yeah. It's fucking just sucked ass. <laughs> he just was on the stage kind of skateboarding back and forth. He was just like not landing the tricks. There was no music playing. It was like, That's what so the funny. fuck is this? It's very funky. I'd like that if Dave Matthews did that yeah. at the bowl, though, with the string section. <laughs> do you guys remember... Uh, the 2008 incident with the Dave Matthews Band of Chicago. Uh, is, this poop, is this poop based? Poop somewhere. It was that there, <laughs> they were driving through Chicago over the Chicago River. The bus driver decided that it was a good time as they were driving through a graded bridge to empty their septic tank through the slats of the bridge into the Chicago River. But an architectural tour boat was directly below them. I've been on that tour. I have been on that tour as well. I know that boat. <laughs> I didn't know the part about it going on to the architectural tour. This is a fun new wrinkle. It was an architectural tour. They dumped it on there, which is also like so crazy that the bus drive. First off, the craziest part from the get go is that 
tour buses have the ability to simply open a flap on the bottom of the tour bus and drop out the contents of the septic tank yeah. onto the road? <laughs> that seems deeply insane right off the bat. It almost seems like something that would that that would be a feature of James Bond's car. <laughs> right. James, you could just spill shit out the back. Or James Bond's tour bus, Jordan. Yeah, right. <laughs> when he's doing personal appearance tours. Yeah. But then the fact that the bus driver thought in the middle of the third largest city in America mm-hmm. that it would be a good idea to simply <laughs> surreptitiously dump their septic tank in the middle of downtown Chicago is also amazing. And I'm sure the grate on that septic tank really just served as a sort of sieve to separate solids from liquids. You know, I'll say this. I mean, obviously... You know, an unpleasant incident for all involved. But I bet the Dave Matthews Band, I bet they have a good diet. I bet these were nice, healthy turds. That's a good point. Thank you. Even on the road, I I bet their rider includes a lot of fiber. A lot of fiber. I bet if they're drinking, it's probably organic wine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Organic wine, jicama. Yeah. A lot of jicama. I bet this architectural (laughs) tour got hit with the... Most perfect little coiled turds you could ever get hit with. They didn't. No one minded. They said <laughs> that's true. They liked it, <laughs> but they were mad he didn't play Crash. That was the one thing they were mad about. Some have described the Dave Matthews Band as the Hickama of American popular music. Mm. <laughs> Light flavor, a little crunchy, a nice crunch in a salad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had such a good time at this Dave Matthews concert, and I wish. I had more funny things to say about it other than it was nice and I had a good time. Like I'm even a little bit bummed that it wasn't like more novel. I'm just like, oh, I had a great time and they sounded really good. I feel like Dave Matthews band is one of those acts that would tour with a surprising opener. Like it would be, you'd be, you'd be at the bowl. You'd be it's seven thirty. You've got your wine in your little picnic thing. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, well, Dave Matthews goes on at nine. What's happening now? And then they're like, ladies and gentlemen, Vince Staples. Yeah, you know, I kind of thought that. I I think people attribute kind of hippies liking Jurassic Five to Dave Matthews taking them on tour. Oh yeah, they did a song together. That was like Jurassic Five's crossover move. And I almost went to see him in high school because Toots and the Maytals was opening for him. And I almost oh, went to see that. That sounds great. Yeah, I <laughs> I'd know. I'd go to I... that. If you got an extra ticket, <laughs> I know Toots is dead, but <laughs> if, you got a, if you got an extra ticket or just some of his famous jerk chicken from uh, the food yeah. delivery apps. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no, I, I kind of thought that too going in like, oh, I bet there's going to be a cool opener. But no, Dave just fucking goes on stage at eight and he... Gets off at 11 to dump his turds. <laughs> really? It was a three-hour show? It was pretty long, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. I had a great time. I, I always respect a three-hour show. I have a question, Kurt. Does everyone where you grow up like Bruce Springsteen, or are there cultural lines? Um, I mean, there's pro- there, I don't know if like the younger generation now does. I think if you're in Jersey, it's too much of a thing that I think you probably push against it. Like me, I pushed against it growing right. up there. And it really wasn't until I went back home to take care of my mom. And I was like taking a car to Asbury Park to hang out. And they were playing Atlantic City on the radio. And I was just like, oh, this song is fucking amazing. And it was like at that moment that I just like fell in love with Bruce Springsteen. And now I listen to Bruce like 
constantly, like all the time. It's like a big. I would be absolutely fucking thrilled if somebody had an extra ticket to Bruce Springsteen and invited me. That sounds like a fucking great time. It's a truly amazing show. I have I've been lucky to see him twice and both times was backstage for different reasons. One was at Bonnaroo when I was performing and another was because I knew the guy who uh, you- the guy from Lilla Hammer <laughs> from little Stevie Van Sant. Yeah. The guy who invented the software that Bruce uses for, you know, because he during the show, people hold up big signs of any song that's ever been written, and he'll just pick a song at random, and then he'll just sing that song, and not his song, like anybody's song. And so he'll hold the name of this, he'll hold the sign. <laughs> He's doing like a dueling pianos thing? Yes, he'll do it like in the middle of the show. And so the way it works is the guy who I knew would sit underneath the the riser for the drum kit, And there was like, you know, mesh that he could see through and Bruce would hold the sign so that he could see it. And then he would quickly Google the lyrics and then throw them into this program that he had written. And then that program would then put the the lyrics into, you know, monitors that are set in the stage so that he could know the the lyrics. And so he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get get you tickets. And then he got his backstage tickets. So we watched him from side stage. And then at the end of the show, I don't know how we were allowed, I guess because he had such high access. We stood, it was at one of the final shows at Meadowlands before they like tore it down and he wrote Wrecking Ball. That was the first time he played Wrecking Ball. He had Wrecking Ball lyrics up on the screens and everything. And we watched him walk off stage. So we're backstage. We're the only people backstage. The show ends and Bruce Springsteen by himself, the band is still playing, like walks off And then we're just like standing there and then he just walks and his dressing room is, I'm not kidding you, I think one full mile away from the stage. (laughs) So then he just walked down this hallway for like 10 to 15 minutes while we just like sat there, watched him because it's like those, you know, those big long hallways in like super arenas. And that was like, yeah, him literally like holding his guitar, walking down an incredibly long hallway. Kurt, 100%, I imagined him disrobing one garment at a time as he walked down the hallway (laughs) until it's just his pale 65-year-old butt walking. But still very toned. Kurt, how does, I don't know if, if this is connected to your late in life appreciation for Bruce Springsteen, but how, how does Billy Joel enter into all of this? Fuck Billy Joel. Wow. Yeah, Fair I'm going to take a hard line on that. Oh Billy gosh. Joel's Long Island. He can go fucking okay. shit in his own mouth. <laughs> I really don't like Billy Joel. Also, I don't like his music. Let's say Billy Joel was lying in a roadway in Chicago and <laughs> Dave Matthews Band <laughs> yeah. bus passed over him. Would you root for that chute to open? <laughs> yeah, I would be right up and I would be running alongside the bus going, open it now. Can I tell you one more thing from this Instagram that yes. I just noticed? Oh my God, you're still on the Vales Instagram? Yeah. Uh, Thursday through Sunday, there is a guest DJ, uh, Grim Beats with a Z. Mm. What proportion of the goth community endorses spelling things that end in an S with a Z <laughs> for hip hop flavor? Right. Or or reminding you of the kids area of the public library. <laughs> There's one more thing I, I need to mention here that sure. I'm really working my head around. Yeah, it's baffling, isn't it? it <laughs> each post raises so many questions. Okay. So this one, the background is a field of stars. 
mm-hmm. that's moving. It looks like a Windows 3.1 screensaver. Mm-hmm. If you remember that Starry Night screensaver, that's what the background looks like. Beautiful. On top, there is a sort of, I'm going to call it Internet 1999 animated GIF of a siren spinning around. On either side, there is a blinking upside down cross. <laughs> like, <laughs> meaner, meaner, upside down cross. Right. Okay. On the bottom, there is a picture of a, what I'm going to call a chunky Nosferatu. Like a thick. <laughs> right. Like a lot of Nosferatus are very thin, almost emaciated. <laughs> right. But certainly kind of elegant, you know, in their grotesquerie. This one. (laughs) He's got cakes. Yeah, this guy's definitely got cakes. (laughs) He's also wearing a necklace, like a leather necklace with bolts sticking out of it. So he's part Frankenstein, I presume. And then he's making this face that's like, oh, is how he's got his head tilted a little. He's going, he's got a little grimace. He's going, ah. And then this is what the text is on this. It says, there is, quote, no, end quote, Drack House tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we all need to know what D R A C H A U S is. It's a German <laughs> Dracula night of some kind. And then why is the no in quotation marks? What? Whose quote is that? Is, is that the there gu- drag house tonight? <laughs> is that the thing? suggesting that there is drag house? It almost is like they're trying to trick people into still coming. Right. There is no drag house Wink. tonight. I couldn't tell you. I really. Okay. So there's another. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is an amazing. This is an amazing. Because I can't tell what part of it is ironic yeah it is hard to say it does kind of exist in a space between sincerity and irony this one has a pretty brutal video in it Mm -hmm. like it's like a dark set with intense sort of gothic lamps that kind of thing yeah and then it slams in like a like a hard zoom and there's waffle fries there, and it says Ramirez waffle fries. <laughs> wow. And it says they'll have you night stalking for more. <laughs> oh, and they're flashing pictures of Richard Ramirez. Yeah. I think that's maybe in poor taste. There's one comment that's just a hmm emoji. Mm-hmm. Yes, everything has 18 likes. There's one with the uh, flat no smile emoji. And then. I appreciate the courage of uh, Tyranno Series Rex, who I'm looking at their account here, and there's a lot of skulls on it. But they just wrote, well, that's in poor taste. <laughs> it was my reaction. <laughs> Fucking, I was looking for a tasteful goth bar. <laughs> <laughs> Something nice I can take my mom to. So when the is the ad that you saw, because there's also a Ramirez Waffle Fries post, <laughs> that is that is a shot of the behind the scenes of the Ramirez waffle fries post okay. yeah. <laughs> where it's the camera that does the turn into the 
Ramirez waffle fries. Right. And, but then just a picture of Ramirez flashes on the screen as then you reveals that it's a, a BTS of the waffle fries shot. <laughs> Have you thought at all about you're a stand-up comic, Kurt? Have you thought at all about performing on their dark comedy under the veil show? <gasps> what 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 night is it? I would love to. Are you kidding me? Yeah, who books that? Sounds good. Somebody Manny commented, is this used to be fry madness? <laughs> <laughs> Is this this year? Hey, if you guys want to uh, take a break for some uh, dessert, I could get us some Flan Wayne Gacy. (laughs) (laughs) You want to get a little dessert and then come back for more? I'm just going to get some beer and wine and play some table games. (laughs) (laughs) Video poker. (laughs) Table games. Okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Every episode of Jordan, Jesse Go is brought to you by the members of Maximum Fun. If you're a member of Maximum Fun, I want to take this New Year's opportunity to say thank you. Uh, it means a lot. If you're not a member of Maximum Fun yet, just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. It's easy. That's how we keep the lights on. I also want to mention this week, it's the end of the year. Probably people are making decisions about some charitable giving. I just wanted to mention two charities that my family has supported and are glad to support that you might consider. One is Al Otro Lado, which uh, means the other side in Spanish. And uh, it's an organization that does direct services, including but not limited to legal services on either side of the U.S.-Mexico border. As you probably know, there is something of a humanitarian crisis there right now as various wars and economic crises in Central America have pushed a lot of migrants out of their homes, and many are seeking asylum here in the United States and in Mexico and are being refused entry to the United States or immediately expelled from the United States despite being asylum seekers on a what is allegedly an emergency health basis. But let's just say no one actually thinks that's why. And Al Otro Lado is doing a lot of work to help people. You can find them at Al Otro Lado, A-L-O-T-R-O-L-A-D-O dot org. They do really incredible work. My wife worked at one of the best immigration firms in the country for many, many years, and it was her colleagues who recommended Al Otro Lado as a place to make a direct impact. It's a relatively small organization, so your money goes directly to people. Also, the Homeless Youth Alliance is an organization that does direct services for kids and teenagers living on the street in San Francisco. Among other things, they do a lot of direct services for kids and teenagers who are using and need safe ways to use and to get off of drugs and just have a safe way to get their lives back together and on track. It's very possible for kids to do that, and Homeless Youth Alliance is a big help. You might know that a few years ago, I lost one of my oldest friends to an overdose, an accidental overdose, and I would love to see as many kids safe as we possibly can. My friend's name was Evan. If you donate to the Homeless Youth Alliance, you can support Evan's fund, donate in his name. 
you can find the Homeless Youth Alliance online at homelessyouthalliance.org. And when you send in that donation, mark it Evans Fund. Okay, that's the deep stuff. Let's, let's tread into shallower waters. First of all, Jordan Jesse Go coming to San Francisco Sketchfest. Don't miss it if you're in the Bay Area or if you're coming to Sketchfest. Go to sfsketchfest.org to get your tickets. And I'm going on tour with Judge John Hodgman. You can find all the dates at MaximumFun.org slash events, but we'll be up and down the West Coast plus Denver, Colorado. We're also supported this week by the good folks at Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix is a service that gives you the opportunity to get clothes that are specially chosen exactly for your tastes, your body, and your needs. They give you a quiz, a little quiz. It's fun. It's like an A, B, this or that quiz. And they get a sense of what kind of clothes you like, what kind of clothes you have, what kind of clothes fit you. They ask you about your shape so that they know that. I know that trying on clothes can be a real trial especially if you're not the size that they're used for a fit model. So Stitch Fix does all of those things, and then they either send you a box with stuff that is incredibly easy to return if it doesn't work, like actually, sincerely, impressively easy to return if it doesn't work, or they'll make a little freestyle store for you where you can do your shopping. The latter is what I did for my son Oscar this year around Christmas, and I got a bunch of stuff. Oscar has a bunch of sensory issues, so I asked for soft clothes. They did a great job of finding soft clothes for me, and I asked for clothes without logos or graphics on them, and they did a great job of that. So whether you're a grown-up or a kid, Stitch Fix is a great solution. Right now, Stitch Fix is offering our listeners $20 off their first fix at stitchfix.com slash jjgo. That's stitchfix.com slash jjgo for $20 off today stitchfix.com slash jjgo. We're also supported this week by the good folks over there at Lumi Labs. Lumi Labs are the microdose people. Lumi Labs make THC gummies with just the right amount of THC so you don't feel weird and logy and unable to do things. You just feel that kind of just right feeling. I know for me, I'll eat one once in a while in the evening when I'm ready to kind of slow down and get ready to go to bed. It's a very nice feeling, and it isn't overwhelming for me. As you know, I'm the king of drugs, and as the king of drugs, it's my decree that you be responsible about your use of THC products, and Lumi Labs is one great way to do it. Plus, they taste really good. In fact, they taste good enough that you have to be careful not to macrodose when you're microdosing because they're so tasty. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code JJGO to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com slash JJGO. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Kurt Brownler, Ramirez Waffle Fries. Guys, great news. DJ Vaughn Avakian is playing at the Vale. Mm-hmm. He's going to play Dark Wave, EBM, Black Friday, <laughs> and a little bit of Neon Beat and Italo Disco. Mm. What? A little Italo Disco thrown in there. <laughs> don't, it's, don't 
What? Is it really all EB? It says EBM? It says EBM. And also Von Evakian in the th- it's not a long <laughs> list of things that's happening here. It's just these music genres, the date, free entry, Von Avakian. And then underneath Von Avakian, it says, from San Diego. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Navy man. Yeah. <laughs> I found out what EBM is. I had to look it up. Yes. Okay. Oh, thank you. Are you yeah. ready? Someone yeah. had to. <clears throat> thank you, Kurt. Electronic body music is a genre of electronic music that combines elements of industrial and synth punk with elements of disco and dance music. It developed in the early 1980s in Western Europe as an outgrowth of both punk and industrial music cultures. Honestly, I think I would probably like EBM. (laughs) I kind of want to go to the (laughs) Vale. What are you guys doing after this? Because they're open till two. (laughs) We could wrap this up early. I could get some boneless turkey. (laughs) Ramirez fries for the table. (laughs) If I get some, will you have some? Guys, in Two Birds with One Stone news, it looks like the boss is playing there next Friday night. Let's get tickets. No opener. (laughs) Can we start a cover band called Dark Springsteen? (laughs) I think that might be fun. That would be great if one of those guys just goes up to the turntables, one of the DJs, and just plays Squirrel Nut Zippers the whole time. (laughs) He tries to piss everybody off. Play Andrew Bird solo. (laughs) More whistling. (laughs) Andrew Bird. (laughs) Okay, so... We have an important email update, Jordan. You want to yeah. set this up? Uh, yeah. Uh, for Curtin, anybody uh, who's just tuning in to this ep, we were talking about the early internet, Internet 1.0, and the fact that a lot of those email addresses are still around. Like once in a while, you will still get an email from someone who has a Yahoo account. So what we wanted to do is get a Jordan Jesse Go email account hooked to one of these legacy websites and use it for folks so they can have a safe place to write in and anonymously talk about the most embarrassing things they did on the early internet. So like Neopets gaffes, I think is what we're looking for. I would love to hear some specific stories because I can sit here and talk about all the Usenet groups that I subscribe to, like alt.fan.newsradio, rec.sport.baseball.fantasy, <laughs> And so on and so forth. But I I don't know that I can remember specific things other than I'm pretty sure I dialed into a BBS at one point to play an R-rated text game. Mm. R-rated <laughs> online text game. Kurt, what are your early internet memories? My early internet memory was, I think, pre-internet. It was, I mean, maybe this is internet, but it was... (laughs) You almost started a thermonuclear war. (laughs) (laughs) It must have been, I mean, I must have been 12, so it was probably 88. And my brother, who was even younger than I am, was on what they would call modemia. And it would just be them modeming into... I guess a bulletin board system. Mm -hmm. And it was just like 25 people who would be there. And then they would just message each other. And you could just like message people kind of in real time. And that was it. So that was my very earliest 
That's not embarrassing enough, Kurt. Oh, embarrassing. Oh, I also started a blog where I talked about jerking off at work when I was uh, in 1998. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do it. That'll do it. My first job was at a production company in New York City. And I was the office manager. And I was like trying to teach myself HTML. So I created a, I guess a blog, but it was before the word blog was there. It was just, uh, you know, me writing little posts of texts on a green, on a bright garish green background (laughs) with yellow type. And I remember one of them being about how I would masturbate at work and then posting it and then sending the link to all my friends (laughs) and my girlfriend at the time being like, don't, you should stop doing this. And I was just like, what? I'm an artist. Mm, I have, I need mm -hmm. to have free expression. That idea of my semen. (laughs) Exactly. Where it was like that when you're like 23 and you're just like. There's no boundaries are the only way to make art. <laughs> I listen to the doors. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, what uh, if you could get on mic there and tell us what uh, what email address did we score for this? We got jordanjessico at aol.com. There it oh is. I'm stunned that's not taken. Okay, so see if you can remember the phone number that Snoop Dogg says in that commercial and get a free CD in the mail. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Call for your free 5,000 hours of AOL. Put the CD in the disk drive. Log on. Email us. JordanJesseGo at AOL.com. Let us know your most embarrassing Internet 1.0 stories. We will assume you wish to remain anonymous unless you for some reason, want us to, unless you want to be named specifically because you're a nasty freak and you love it, let us know your most embarrassing internet 1.0 stories and we'll we'll read them on the air. Jordan, Jesse, go at AOL.com. I actually have an alternate email address if anybody want, would prefer to use this one. Mm-hmm. It's 16492323467874323619 at CompuServe.net. So either of those. <laughs> yeah, either one of those. Or just hit us up on ICQ. ASL. <laughs> Let us know your age, sex, and location. From what I understand here, okay, so 206-9844-FUN or JJGO at MaximumFun.org are how you can reach out to us. From what I understand, we've got a moment of shame here. Very excited. Been a while. If something shameful happens to you, give us a call. Uh, send us a voicemail. Let's take a listen. Afternoon, fellas. Connor from Vancouver here with a rare moment of shame. I'm walking home after work, smoking a joint. A guy suddenly breaks from the wall, extending his hand up for a high five. Not being a dick, I reciprocate crisply. Uh, turns out he was hailing a cab. <laughs> All right, bye. Love you. Yeah, love you too, buddy. Love you, Connor. <laughs> Fucking high fiving a guy hailing a cab. I love it. It's that guy's fault for hailing a cab. Does he not know it's 2022? (laughs) (laughs) Also, wasn't that guy in Portland? Are there cabs in Portland? Vancouver, British Columbia. Vancouver. Yeah, Yeah, Vancouver. There's cabs in Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't they green? I don't know, Kurt. (laughs) Jesus Christ. What are you fucking train spotting cabs, Kurt? (laughs) Gee, what do you have Why a fucking color wheel of cabs in your house that you jack off to <laughs> and then write a post about it why are you blasting semen onto a fucking chart of what color <laughs> cabs are dude jesse don't silence his voice he's an artist okay. i'm an artist sorry
Sorry. No boundaries. Stop silencing him. Sorry. Okay. Another important thing that we've been doing on this show lately, Kurt, and as you can probably tell from having been on the show for 45 minutes, we do a lot of important work. We're putting in for a Peabody this year. (laughs) You know why? Because we're sick of winning James K. Polk Awards. (laughs) I submit so often I call them Peabody's. I I don't have time to call them Peabody's. Thank you. Remember when Peabody changed his name to Peabody? (laughs) that was a little much but letterman had a lot of fun with that so what's the other thing we do okay you know the factory song from looney tunes that song Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay well we've been asking our listeners to add lyrics to that song now obviously as soon as we mentioned it people brought up this fucking this thing where we're like baby looney tunes sing a shitty version of it which obviously was garbage yeah kurt it's fine. It wasn't, I don't know why no, he's, he's... It wasn't Tiny Tunes, but it was fucking... Take it to the, the dump. The song's cute, Kurt. He has some It's not recyclable. Weird. It's food soiled. Take Glitch. it to the, straight to the fucking dump. Is it called Baby Looney Tunes? Call 311 for pickup <laughs> because it belongs in the garbage with the fucking discarded mirrors. It's fine, Kurt. It's cute. Your kids would probably really like it. It's a cute song. <laughs> Long story short, we've asked people now to make the songs about SCTV cast members. <laughs> oh my God. People from SCTV. Why, you ask? A reason. A good one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's definitely a good reason for that. We that don't have to, time to get into it right now. Did Jordan and I remember. <laughs> so, Daniel, I, we got one of these things. Let's take a listen and see how this person did. Oh, here's another thing. <laughs> Sometimes people have been calling in and it's not about an SCTV cast member and they've been getting banned. And (laughs) recently on the program, one of those banned listeners was posting on our Reddit. This is Hunter, a listener named Hunter. I had to double ban him. I went on Reddit to double ban him. So just be careful. Don't fuck around with these songs. Bring the heat. And by the heat, I mean something about like Catherine O'Hara or whatever. Go ahead and, and press play. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and legendary star of Night Court and Star Trek The Next Generation, Brent Spiner. This is Jim from Gloucester City, New Jersey, and here are the lyrics to Powerhouse. Scroll and zippers. (laughs) Rick Moranis, there I said it. Well, that's loud. I hope you let it. Music's good, but lyrics, forget it. They'll probably make you sick. Jesse said, but horns and things gave Chris agreed. Horns make it better. George's best band, less logic. They're still making music. Here's some horns to make it sky like quick beat for punk kids to like and walk their face like Richard Van Dyke before a footstool trip. Hey, I think I've got subject. Best pod's greatest. Jenny, great track. Rodden Berry's TV topics. Surprisingly funny. Adam and Ben make dick and fart jokes based on Star Trek for the smart folks. Puns and Wait, play their show and stop, Chris, stop. <laughs> Now it's just about fucking Ben Harrison and Adam Pranica. <laughs> what the fuck? They were on SCTV. They were not on SCTV. They, they, they do were. a Star Trek podcast <laughs> in our network. Why the fuck did it turn into a Star Trek thing? This whole fucking... That was a fucking penguin in the pants. That was a classic penguin in the pants. That Listening was a, to that made my cheeks feel hot. <laughs> you guys know Soul Coughing did one. Oh, pow- they did a, power- the a powerhouse. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yes. I bet it's good. It is good. 
You know who I bet the dead probably did that at some point, right? With a banjo and, <laughs> yeah. a, and a bongo drum, a fucking some kind of African drum. Unrecognizable. Wait, <laughs> did you ever go to any jam band concerts, Kurt? Did you ever like go to no fish? The only okay. thing, no, uh, I went to, I did see the Grateful Dead once before Jerry Garcia died and that was it. And then no, I, I, I deeply dislike long drawn out noodling. So, Okay. I'm checking in here on this. Mm-hmm. You say you haven't been to any jam band concerts. Yeah. You did see the Grateful Dead once before Jerry Garcia died. Mm-hmm. Did they have like a Minutemen phase? Like at what point <laughs> were the Grateful Dead keeping it tight? Oh, no, they're definitely a jam, but they're like the original jam band. But I like when I think of jam bands, I think of like, the string cheese incident or something like that, you know, where it's just, mm. or fit. I guess I've have seen fish by accident because it was, they <laughs> it were happens. at Bonnaroo <laughs> when I was performing. Sometimes you accidentally see fish. And so I was like, I will take drugs and I will go watch this fantastic light show. How was it? The light show is fucking amazing. <laughs> like the fish light show is like genuinely, you are wondering the whole time how they are actually making the lights that they're making. Granted, I was on, you know, a high amount of hallucinogens, but it it worked. It was like the whole thing came together for me. But the music to me was just, it was a background to the light show. The light show was like, this is amazing. I would like to watch a movie that was Fish's light show without Fish's music. Like that is what I would like to watch. I would be a fan of that. (laughs) Kurt, you mentioned wondering how Fish are, are making this light. Uh, I've had the same thought about just on that subject, lantern fish, mm. the deep sea yeah. bioluminescence. How did they yeah. do that? How did they do that? Just on the subject of not understanding how fish make light is <laughs> the subject of our show, I guess. I don't fucking know. <laughs> how do fish make light? <laughs> how do fish make light is the question here. <laughs> Those fries certainly made light of the Richard Ramirez murders. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking waffle fries. I just mentioned something from another portion of the show. Murderers. Murderers. That was a good callback. Thank you. Is Blade real? If I went to this bar, would I meet the real Blade? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet Wesley Snipes might be there. God, I, I think you would more. You're more likely to meet someone named Glade at this bar. <laughs> Someone who makes a room smell really fresh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, 206-984-4-FUN. JJ, go at MaximumFun.org. Send us your voice memos. Yeah, I think people are going to start calling in with good shit. I think this is the turning point. (laughs) Yeah, 15 years in, that's when this segment's (laughs) finally going to start paying off. That's when it gets zippy, like when uh, Kurt saw the dead, you know? <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. I'm Ify Wadiway, the host of Maximum Film. I'm Alonzo Duralde, also the host of Maximum Film. And I'm Drea Clark, yet another host of Maximum Film. Every week, we host Huddle Up. Usually with an illustrious guest. And we talk about films. We have film news. We have film quizzes. We answer your film questions. It's like the maximum amount of film talk. That's why we call it Maximum Maximum Film. 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 (laughs) Maximum Film, the movie podcast that's not just a bunch of straight white guys. New episodes weekly on MaximumFun.org.
It could happen to you. You're all grown up now, a professional adult with diverse interests and hobbies, and one of those hobbies is video games. You just can't help it. They're so good now. If that's you, we're here to tell you, you are completely normal. I'm Maddie Myers. I'm Jason Schreier. And I'm Kirk Hamilton, and together we form Triple Click, a podcast about video games. If you think you might be a person who likes video games, we hope you'll give Triple Click a listen. Triple Click, new episodes every Thursday on Maximum Fun. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Kurt Brownler, boneless turkey. <laughs> do you think that there's, do you think there's such a thing as a dark booking agent? Oh, th- they could just book the dark circuit. Yeah, like is also is there like a Chitlin circuit, but for darkness and brutality? It's a great question. Like, do they just play the whatever, like? Vancouver and Alberta or the Maritimes. It's like the classic, you know, you can go from town to town playing just for the brutal community. <laughs> and that's like how you make your bones before you cross over. Yeah. I mean, maybe this is, maybe this will be good for Kurt once he headlines the veil, then he can, you know, mm-hmm. start, you know, getting on the road and playing America's gloomiest holes. Where do you cross over to is my question. What's the what's the crossover point for for the dark booking agent? What's a successful booking? Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, I know you mentioned opening for Dave. Yeah. BMB. <laughs> I know you mentioned obviously doing doing Bonnaroo, but like mm-hmm. do you feel like you could, you know, travel the country opening for corn? Mm. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. Easily. Easily no. Yeah. No way. Could you open for them at Bumbershoot? I don't think I could open for any band. I think maybe Ted Leo, just because Ted Leo's fans are also comedy yeah. fans, but mm-hmm. I don't think there is a single band. I have opened for many bands in the past and it never hurt. It's never successful. You could open for Mountain Goats. For Mountain Goats as well. I could maybe open for They Might Be Giants. (laughs) You might be able to headline a They Might Be Giants show. (laughs) They'll open for you. (laughs) Yeah. Don't you be rude to them. We're not. We love They Might Be Giants. Shout out to past guest John Flansburg. Oh, that's nice. You guys had John. That's nice. They're lovely. Heroes. They Might Be Giants was my first like tape of like music that was outside of the mainstream that I was like, and I was 12 years old and it was like, Oh, I am into this. Did like a cool kid give it to you. It was just my friend Francis who was not into <laughs> cool music. I think he heard it and was like, this is weird. And he was just like, you can have my copy. Cause I don't <laughs> like it. Francis didn't know what he was missing. Jordan, we talked about our first CDs, our most embarrassing first CDs. Did someone pass you a punk rock record at some point? Oh. Or a Toots and the Maytals record? Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think my early punk handing came from Mike Nguyen's sister, uh-huh. who like made us a lot of mixtapes. And then I was high school friends with this kid, Travis, whose half brother was in the Vandals. Oh, yeah. Now and we're so, talking. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. Pretty cool. So, yeah. So he just had like, you know, 
all of punk history in his guest bedroom. Pretty fucking cool. So yeah. And you lived there in the guest bedroom. And I lived in the guest bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) I slept on a pile of uh, crass seven inches. (laughs) So yeah, so that, you know, he was passed down the great punk knowledge from his brother who was in the Vandals. So yeah, I want to give a shout out to Gabe Zittrain who kind of turned my mind out when he gave me that green jelly CD. Mm -hmm. Three little pigs just fucking never the same. And then Joey Hurley gave me my first They Might Be Giants tape. He taped his older brother's CD copy of Flood and gave it to me, and I cherished it like a treasure. Kurt, I watched your new comedy special, which is called Perfectly Stupid, on YouTube starting December 16th and already available on demand. And I laughed my fucking ass off. Oh, thank you. I watched it. Hiding from my mother, who's visiting. Uh, I watched it on my phone in the back staircase. <laughs> the weird kitchen stairs. Sounds great in there. The sound is fucking pristine. It really is good. It's a lot like Red Rocks, is how, what I would compare it to. <laughs> it's very steep. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, it is so fucking funny. It is no wonder that it received a rave review in the New York Times recently. It's really fantastic work. I hope people will go check it out because Kurt's one of the one of the funniest dudes out there. Oh well, thank you. I appreciate that you watched it. That that means a lot. I did, Jordan. You were what watching one of the Blade movies again? <laughs> yeah, Blade Two. <laughs> <laughs> he and the vampires team up to fight super vampires. <laughs> I think that is actually the plot of Blade Two. How far are we from Blade versus Superman? Man, hopefully Blade has to kill Superman under James Gunn's leadership. DC can get its shit together and (laughs) help Superman fight Blade, a character from another comic book company. (laughs) If they brought back Blade, would it still be Wesley Snipes? No, it's supposed to be Mahershala Ali. And I think they've lost their. (laughs) That's fucking pretty solid. Yeah, it's great. I mean, whenever they get it together and make that movie, I bet it's going to be awesome. It's lost a director a few times. I've been following (laughs) Blade Reboot News pretty closely. (laughs) Uh, It's one of my key interests. Uh, Yeah, I think he's a great choice for the character. And yeah, I forget who the new director is, but I remember thinking it was a good choice. So I actually, now that you mention it, I saw something in the trades about this. It's uh, Pedro Almodovar. (laughs) <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> Doing the new blade. Blade's gonna have a three-way with his childhood friend. <laughs> yeah. it's, hot. it's now called Blade, your mother on the heap. <laughs> yeah, it just focuses on the rich emotional life of Blade's sister. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking. But also hilarious. And God, the colors of these walls oh, in yeah. this blade. <laughs> sure. So bright. So many incredible wall colors. Doesn't kill a single super vampire. <laughs> but. Folks, we've got some Blade material. We've got some Almodovar material. We've we've made a Jordan Jesse go, officially. That's what this show is. A perfect niche. Listing things about Blade. Listing things about acclaimed Spanish director Pedro Almodovar. Kurt's special is called Perfectly Stupid. You should go watch it. What a joy. One of the funniest specials I've seen in the last few years. It's just a real, real fucking delight. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, if you want to do something nice for yourself, and this is just advice for anybody out there who's listening. Like, if you're having a shit day, even if you're having a shit week or month, 
if you need a pick me up, if you need, you know, you need to get pumped because you're about to run a marathon, like whatever it is, you should just watch Kristen Schaal as a horse. <laughs> Kurt and Kristen Schaal's sketch from 15 years ago. This is the best thing that's ever been made in the history of entertainment. Better than that train that comes out of the screen. <laughs> just one of the greatest things ever. So go, go see that in addition to watching Kurt's new special. Once you've watched the special, then Kristen Shaw is a horse is the second thing you should watch. From 2006. <laughs> Man, I nailed it 15 years ago. Kurt, it is an enduring treasure. Just- you, I mean, you are the reason that we were ever on Radiolab, who then I <laughs> then toured with because of that episode. And so I do have to thank you. The woman who's the boss of Radiolab one day emailed me and she's like, remember how you wouldn't shut up about Kristen Schaal as a horse when we were at that public radio conference? <laughs> Will you do that same shit on Radiolab? Like the only time I've ever been invited on anyone else's public radio show in my 20 year public radio career was just to go on Radio Lab to talk about Kristen Shaw as a horse. <laughs> Our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. You can find us on social media. We're on Twitter at Jordan Jesse Go, at Jordan underscore Morris, at put.this.on. You know, Jordan, I don't know if you noticed, but they brought uh, soccer Jordan Morris into a game in the uh, World Cup. Everyone on Twitter that was following the World Cup just all at once tweeted, Jordan Morris is in. Fuck this. <laughs> I, did, I did not notice that. Jordan Morris was trending on my Twitter and all the tweets were just people being mad at America for letting Jordan Morris play in the World Cup. It was spectacular. Sorry. Ain't I a stinker? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't score against England. <laughs> sorry. We did one of those ties you soccer fans love so much. I kicked it back and forth in the middle. Sorry you're so horny for zero, zero ties. We got a point from that. Daniel Zafrin is our producer on the program. We're on Reddit. Maximumfun.reddit.com is the place to do that. We're on Instagram at Jordan David Morris and at put.this.on. Jordan, you're, you're really still rolling on Goodreads, right? I'm on Goodreads, baby. Hit me up on Goodreads. <laughs> Slide into my Goodreads DMs. Are you sharing some of your favorite reads? <laughs> I'm sharing my reads. I'm sharing my reading progress. If you want to see <laughs> how far along I am. <laughs> sixth grade level. How far along he is on his latest <laughs> William Gibson novel. You can check in. 60% past the halfway mark. <laughs> yeah, hit me up on Goodreads. I, I have fun over there. Jordan, what's a good thing you read lately? You're you're a huge reader. Your Instagram is largely things you've been reading. That's w- right. What's something good that you read lately? I hate engagement, so I think book reviews <laughs> or book rec, book recs. <laughs> I do okay on Instagram. Oh, what did I read? I read the most recent Sally Rooney book, which I liked, but acknowledged that it's kind of a all over the place brain dump mess, but a brain dump mess from a real genius. This is Andy Rooney's kid sister. This is Andy, yeah. So she complains about (laughs) Venetian blinds a lot. (laughs) But in a charming Irish brogue. They're not even from fucking Venice. (laughs) I finally got around to reading the hit graphic novel, Paper Girls. That's one I am very late to the party on. And it turns out people love to talk about it because it's so great. 
There you go. We also try and get some book recommendations into this pile of bullshit, Kurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Want to check out something that's not a pile of bullshit? Try these books Jordan's read. <laughs> okay, that's good. I think that's all of our, this is enough of this show. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan, Jesse, go. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.